I'm excited about our series that we are starting. We're just now beginning. We're calling it Follow Me. I want to welcome all of those of you who are joining us online from all around the world. We're grateful that you are joining us in on this journey. For those of you here in the room, thank you for being here right at the beginning of this year, beginning this journey. And I want you to know that it's easy for you to catch up. If you missed last week's message, it's easy. You can go to our website, or even better yet, you can download our Oak Hills app. It is so easy to use, and you've got everything that you need there. So if you haven't downloaded that app, go ahead and do that. You can, you can get the messages there. But not only that, but you can also get the study guide there. Now, the study guide is going to be important for you and your small groups and whoever or however you are experiencing biblical community. And biblical community is very, very important in this season. It's, it's more important uh, than, than just coming in and hearing a message, but you want to be discussing this. You want to be experiencing the, the Word of God in community. And so I hope that you will do that. Well, you know what? I really haven't had the opportunity to say Happy New Year to you. So Happy New Year! 2020. It's a new year, but it feels a little bit more than just like a new year, doesn't it? It feels like, I mean, it's a new decade. It's 2020, and we got goals. Uh, do you guys have goals? Anybody in this house have goals? Okay, not many of you. <laughs> you do, but you just don't want to admit it. Yeah, kind of, but we do. We have goals, and so there are things that we want to see. There are things that we want to do, places we want to go, and so we thought it would be important for us, especially in this time of the year, to just pause and ask the question, what is God's goal for our life? And so last week we began talking about it like this. We said this, God's goal for you, it is simply this, to be like Jesus. Now last week, we, and this is important, you need to hear this, some of you need to hear this, God loves you just where you are, just the way that you are. God doesn't need another reason to love you more, but he loves you too much to leave you there. See, he, his goal for you is that you would become more like Jesus, more like his son. How do we know this? Well, when Jesus walked the earth, he invited men and women to come along with him. He was beginning a movement. And he would invite men and women to come along with him. And the more they walked with him, the more they became like him. And for every single one of them, their journey began with a simple two-word invitation. Anyone want to take a guess at what that two-word invitation was? Follow me. You see it all throughout the Gospels. Jesus is calling people to follow him. Now, not everyone accepted the invitation, but for those that did, their lives would never be the same. They would be transformed. They, wouldn't, they would never be the same. Their lives would be changed just by walking with this man, just by receiving the invitation to follow him. So here's what I want to say to you today. The same invitation that he extended to those as he walked this earth, he extends to you. Yes, you. I even thought about titling this message, Yes, You. Because I get it. 
I mean, it's, it's easier to believe that Jesus walked on water than to believe that he wants to walk with me. It can be difficult to believe that the almighty God of the universe wants to have relationship with me when the kids in the cafeteria tell me to go find another table. When the coach says, you didn't make the cut, when the spouse says, I don't want to do this anymore. When the potential employer says, you're just not what we're looking for. You're just not qualified. I get it. We've all faced some kind of rejection in our lives. Moments where we even question our own self-worth. And then we come to church and someone says, you have been chosen by God to be like his son. I get it. We have more than a few reasons to just pump the brakes and say, you know what? Uh, not me. I mean, maybe for mom and for dad, maybe for someone else, maybe faith is for someone else, but I just don't feel qualified. I wonder if the Apostle Paul knew that we would have some questions like that. I wonder if he was thinking about our questions when he penned these words in 2 Corinthians 3. It is not that we think we are, what church? Qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Now, it's been said this way many times before, but here is the key idea for today. Here's the point. You see, God does not, he doesn't, call the qualified he doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies the called here's what the apostle peter had to say about this you know peter who in boldness lived in faith and then fear and then faith and then fear here's what he had to say later in his life he said we have everything we need Oh, please don't miss that. I'm going to read it again. We, we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that he had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. We have everything that we need. You will never be more qualified to follow Jesus moment by moment than you are right now. Well, you're certainly as qualified as those that Jesus called first. And last week we talked about Peter and Andrew. Remember Peter and Andrew on the, on the seashore with their nets? And Jesus said, follow me, and they dropped their nets. Peter and Andrew, their resume included boating, mending nets, fishing. They didn't have a big bankroll, no credentials, no connections. Yet Jesus said, follow me. And then there was another guy. Another guy named Matthew. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 9 as Matthew writes about this moment where he encounters Jesus. Let's continue. Let's read. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me. He told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Now, I, I want you to understand, especially for the, the Jewish readers that would have been reading this, they might have gotten stuck right here 
in this first sentence. <laughs> they might not have even heard the follow me part because they might have been stuck right there at Matthew sitting at a tech, tax collector's booth. Jesus is continuing to extend the invitation to his followers, but now he's in extending this invitation to a tax collector. Now, in this day and time, you have to understand what a tax collector would have meant to them. This is someone who is in cahoots with the Roman government. You see, the Roman government, they were, they were taxing the people, but then you had people like these tax collectors that would just add a little bit on to it so that they could keep a little bit for themselves. They were cheating the people. They were considered traitors. They were considered the low of the low. They were considered scum. And Jesus is walking up to this tax collector's booth. Oh, he would have been justified to have said a lot of things to Matthew. But of all the things that he could have said, he said, follow me. He told him, Matthew got up and followed him. Jesus is extending an invitation to him, not just a casual invitation to follow, but this is a formal invitation that he would begin to, to identify with Jesus as he walked with him. Jesus would identify with Matthew, as you'll see as we continue to read. While Jesus was having dinner, Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Many, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Okay, so you have to understand that eating with someone, this was a sign of fellowship. This was a sign of I'm with you, you are with me. And now all of a sudden, Jesus is eating with Matthew. Not only did he invite him to follow him, but now he is at his house. And guess who else showed up? All the tax collectors and sinners came as well. Now, you have to understand this would, have, this would not have sat well with those who made it their life mission to avoid these people. And some of those people were called Pharisees. Let's continue to read. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Well, Jesus must have overheard the questioning because he felt the need to address the elephant in the room. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn. <laughs> Can you imagine him telling the Pharisees, the educated of the day, <laughs> but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus responds to the Pharisees. I'm not so sure, but I kind of imagine maybe he did it right there in front of the tax collectors and the sinners. As he said to the Pharisees, these guys are with me. I imagine them going, yeah, we're with him. Jesus says, because they're sick. And they go, yeah, because we're, wait a second, did he just? <laughs> maybe someone else said, uh, yeah, I think he did, but are you going to argue with him? I mean, they knew. They weren't going to argue with Jesus. They knew Jesus. He was able to, to see them not only for who they were, but who they could be. Because Jesus created them to become who they were meant to be. And so he ate with them. He's saying anyone, I want you to hear this, anyone is someone who can follow Jesus. These people's past, it doesn't have to stand in the way of them having a uh, 
a growing and ever-growing relationship with him. He was not going to let that stand in the way. All they needed to know is that they were sinners in need of a Savior. And they knew that. And they drew close. They drew close to Jesus. They did not like the Pharisees stand at a distance. I wonder, what, where are you today in your relationship with Jesus? Are you close to him? Do you spend time with him? Or do you just kind of maybe follow a little bit at a distance? And, and I can't help but wonder if maybe you find yourself today, maybe you go, you know what, I, I'm, I'm a little bit at a distance. I wonder what might be standing in the way. You know, for some, maybe it's the sin in their life. But for some, maybe it's doubt. You know, I've heard that doubt can be like a, a boulder in the road, or it can kind of be like that little pebble that's just in your shoe that just nags at you every day on the journey. But here's what I want to say. If that's you, here's something I want to say today. I want, to, I want you to know that doubt doesn't disqualify. Doubt doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus moment by moment. Again, those who follow Jesus first, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, I mean, they, they all had their doubts. Some of them struggled to believe right up until the very end. Read the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Some of them still didn't believe, but it did not keep them from taking another step into a relationship with Jesus. They just kept walking. They had their doubts, but they just kept walking. Maybe you would identify with the Father, the Father who brought his son to Jesus in search of a miracle. He went to Jesus asking for a miracle, and here's what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Jesus confronts his doubt, challenges his doubt, but he doesn't turn him away. I mean, some, some might think that it says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and then may, maybe Jesus said, sorry, that's just not enough belief. No miracle for you today. Jesus has not turned the man away. This man and his son, they receive a miracle. They receive Jesus. What a beautiful statement. Lord, I believe, but I need your help. And Jesus says, I'll help you. You keep walking with me, and I'll keep walking with you. For some of you, it's not doubt that stands in the way of following Jesus moment by moment, but for some, it can be shame. And I want you to hear this. Shame doesn't disqualify. Shame is that, not that sense that I did something wrong. Shame is, is that thing that's deep within us that says, I am wrong. Shame is that voice that says, you know what? You, you've been going to church for a while. You've been pursuing faith. You really should be further along than you are. 
You know, you, you really shouldn't still be struggling with that. That's the voice of shame. And Jesus says, bring that to me. Hear my voice. I want to lift that from you. Look, look at this promise from Isaiah. Don't be afraid, for you will not be put to shame. Don't, don't be intimidated, for you will not be humiliated. You will forget about the shame you experienced in your youth. You will no longer remember the disgrace of your abandonment. So what about you? What is it that stands in the way of your following Jesus moment by moment? You know, tax collectors found their way to Jesus. Sinners found their way to Jesus. Doubters found their way to Jesus. Those who were filled with shame found their way to him. Well, you know what? Actually, that's, that's, not, that's not really the truth. They, they did not find their way to Jesus. The truth is Jesus found his way to them. And he's finding his way to you. He is pursuing you. He is calling you. All you need to do is simply do what they did, and that is receive the invitation. That's all they did. That's all Peter and Andrew did. That's all Matthew did. That's all the father did with the, with the child. They, they just received the invitation. And for some of you, that's, that's where you are today. You just need to receive the invitation. For some of you, you just need to take that first step. And you say, but I don't even believe all that stuff. I mean, I kind of want to, but I, I mean, resurrection, and I, I don't even believe. There were people who followed Jesus that didn't even understand who he was quite yet. They didn't have all that clarity, but you know what they did do? They took a step, and they kept following, and they kept walking with him, and you can too. One of the best ways to spend time with Jesus is to spend time in his word. So I want, to, I want to issue a challenge to you. Let's get real practical here for a moment. How can we walk with Jesus today? It's by reading the Bible. I'm talking about all of us sitting down every day and opening his word, whether it's digital or, or whatever, opening it up and spending time with him in the word. So here's the challenge that I want to, to issue to you. It's a 21-chapter challenge. I want to challenge you to read a chapter of the Gospel of John every day. Every day. I, I don't want you to wait until the last day of the challenge and then read the whole book. That's not the point. But I want you to read a chapter every day. Now, some of you have already started on this, but if this is the first time you're hearing about it, you need to read chapters 1 and 2 today. Okay, and here's why. I wanted this to be very simple. It's simple because all you need is a Bible. You don't need a special plan or anything like that. Just find a Bible. If you don't have one of those, we will find one for you. And then all you need to do to know what chapter you're on is just subtract 10 from the date. So if, if it's the 21st, then you know you're supposed to be on chapter what? 11, right? Just subtract. So if it's the, uh, if it's the 13th, what chapter should you be on? The third, third chapter, okay? Today's the 12th, chapter two. It's very simple. 
But I wanted to keep it very simple because out of all the things that we could challenge you to do, I believe that this will make the most difference, especially for those of you who just need to take a first step. And let's be honest, those of us who've been walking with Jesus for a long time need to be in his word every day. I'm hoping you'll do this with me. I'm hoping you'll do this with me. I'm hoping in 21 days we will create maybe even a habit that just continues throughout the rest of the year. And if you'll do this with me, I promise you, it will make a difference in your life. You see, because God loves you just where you are. We don't need to read a chapter a day so that God will love us more. But we want to spend time with him. He loves us just the way that we are, but he loves us too much to leave us there. Do we dare believe that 2020 can be different? I mean, do we dare hope again? Do we dare love again? Do we dare dream again? Church, I say to you, we do, and we will. We will because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, and my friends, he is calling you to follow him moment by moment. He wants to make you new. This isn't just a brand new year. He wants to make you new. May this be the year that you let him. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your transforming work in our lives, that you love us just as, as we are, but that you love us too much to leave us there. We are grateful for your work in our lives. Not some outside-in behavior modification kind of change, but the kind that takes place from the inside out. Father, we are yours. Make us new. In Jesus' name we pray. And all those who agreed said, Amen.